habitations in the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low. The jigsaw jazz in the jet fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans that just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where's that? Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, and I'm joined. Uh, we got some new recruits, we got a new panel. Um, we, I'm very excited about this panel. I feel like it was the start when we brought had Eric and Jozo, and they started well for those three games. So we'll get three podcasts out of this partnership, is what I'm thinking. Um, long-time contributor, first-time podcaster, uh, the Lisbon, not Lisbon, uh, where are you from again? Lenzi, the, Len- yeah. the Lenzi Lion. The, the, the alliteration is um, dripping off Mr. Gallagher's son. Um, the Lenzy line, uh, Ian Dugan. Hello. How hello. are you? Not too bad. I nearly said hello, hello there. But we don't do that in this type of podcast, do we? We joked about that earlier. Yeah. Um, which was such fun. <laughs> such fun. Uh, it was terrific. Yeah, we don't do that. Yeah, Ian Dugan. And also to my uh, left-hand side, the man of the hour, the man with the power. It's the Paisley power forward. It's uh, John Murphy. I'm delighted to be here, Chris. Thanks for having me. Wow, that's a really that was weird. much more that professional. That was very than professional. The one I did. Uh, he doesn't speak like that normally. He's, he's he swears quite a bit. I'm expecting mm. some swear words, John. Yeah. Well, we don't like bad language in this podcast. To be fair, it's hard and fast yes. football discussion from minute one to minute eighty-seven. Eighty-seven, and then we all leave. Um, like a lot of a majority of the Celtic fans. Um, against Motherwell, probably. Um, but so, so, well, to be fair, a lot didn't even turn up. Yeah, well, including John actually, because he forgot his wallet. <laughs> John forgot his wallet in work. I left my wallet in work, and it was in a locker, so I didn't have my season card. So that was my Wednesday night. <laughs> I, I love the way you said, and it was in a locker, as if that's an extra passage that you can get <laughs> yeah. through. Like if it was, if it was on your desk, that would be. I just didn't want anyone to be concerned about the wallet. I wanted them to know that the wallet had been secured. You know, I don't want to leave that thread hanging and not not close that thread off. I think that's important. I think it's important. Um, uh, listen, I think you've made a strong, both made a strong debut. I Thank need to you. do some uh, housekeeping uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll head to the actual games, etc. Uh, so Celtic uh, Foundation have given the 90 Minute Cynic um, a signed uh, top by the entire squad. As we know, the Celtic Foundation do a terrific um, amount of work you can check out all about them on CelticFC.net, which is obviously Celtic's website. Um, Keith does some stuff for them, and he works closely with them. So they've actually given us a full, uh, as I say, a strip signed by all the players. So we're going to run a competition from tomorrow, um, from Friday. Um, follow us on Twitter at 90 Minute Cynic, and you'll get all the details of that. Uh, we also, as part of the competition, we've got some badges from Hoidy at Hoidy, who's been uh, raising money th- through his badges, and he's just been doing some terrific stuff, some some great designs. Um, so, as I say, Celtic Foundation, amazing stuff. Uh, we thank them for for giving us this prize. Um, ch- as I say, check out um, they're on Twitter at Celtic Foundation, and uh, check them if you go through the CelticFC.net website, you can you know get links to stuff. So yeah, exciting uh, stuff happening uh, competition wise, and that's going to be from tomorrow. Uh, also, want to just thank everyone who's listened to the Ninth Minute Cynic this year. We are scheduled in a pre Glasgow Derby podcast. 
But, you know, it's Christmas time, who knows what's going to happen. So this probably won't be the last podcast, but if it is the last podcast um, before the new year, thanks everyone who's listening. Hope you have a kind of good Christmas and a happy new year. And uh, iTunes, Louis. No, he's, he's not here. Um, Ian, do you want to be Louis for today? Uh, what, how... Not handsome enough, unfortunately. Well, that's debatable. Okay, thank you. <laughs> do I'm you gonna, want to be... Get, get, how do we iTunes? Just I, just, I don't know. Just go I on know. iTunes. I, yeah, go on iTunes and leave us a five star review. Do a five star review, and if you want to write a review as well, um, that that would be great. Well, it would all be really good. Would really appreciate it. He put his effort in there, didn't he, Johnny? Put a lot of. It's naturalistic. That's, that's why we like the copy so that it flows like that. Yeah. Just from. You guys don't understand how much you know. This has been three weeks worth of work. To come here to do this podcast tonight, you know, so, so yeah, you know, exactly. there's a lot of effort that goes into this. 600 quid worth of public speaking classes, I. <laughs> and this is what you get. This is what you get. That's why you spend a big dollar. So, we have, uh, Celtic have played a number of games over the last couple of weeks, and so we're going to kind of talk about them in probably not um, the kind of order they came in. Uh, we're going to start with the game last night. If you're listening to this, that is the Motherwell. The Motherwell game. So, we, we, we've all seen the Motherwell game. We watched it. Celtic won 3-0. The game was done and dusted in the first half. Uh, John, your thoughts? I thought it was a very uh, professional performance from start to finish. Uh, I was surprised at the way Motherwell set up. Uh, they'd obviously decided to sit in behind the ball and not come out and press Celtic. I think they maybe fancied they could release Salmon or uh, uh, Burridge Manor. Is that his name? Yeah, sure. Uh, they could release both of them on the break if they could frustrate Celtic and stop us being able to work the ball in behind and get shots off that they'd be able to maybe get a break of the ball and uh, release Salmon they obviously managed to do that once but uh, Celtic uh, were clinical you yes know, like, clinical agreed fully yeah, agreed surprisingly clinical given the recent run of form uh, young Anthony Ralston great hold up play from, from Edward and he's put us in and we've just gone on from there so I was quite happy with the performance from start to finish. He's in here. We've heard that before. He is. He's in. Uh, Ian, uh, yes. what's your thoughts on the game? Yeah, very workmanlike. And, uh, do you know, it's, it's a tough December. Um, we've already seen um, what happened at Easter Road on Sunday. And, and, and actually, going into these games and, and taking three points is, is the most important thing. Um, I thought it was. I thought what was quite strange about Motherwell, they kind of, they were really fucking dirty in the second half. Yeah, <laughs> like it was like it was like Robinson said, right, right, boys, the game's gone. Take so throats, just take just legs. just have some fucking you know break something. And Bobby Madden and you know we were having a bit of a laugh about you know the Celtic TV conspiracy theorists, but I mean the fact that he only managed <laughs> to give out one booking. Was um, it was a shocking. Very lenient. He, he does his best as our Bobby. Yeah. You know, he does yeah. his best. Uh, Bobby a, Salmon. Yeah, Bobby Salmon. <laughs> uh, I don't know if everyone listens to um, you know Celtic TV. It's imagine it's how I imagine people lived behind uh, the the Berlin Wall on the, <laughs> on the, the Eastern Bloc side. Um, it's absolute propaganda, which I'm actually okay with. I know a lot of people don't like it. You listen to Celtic TV. Do you know what I mean? I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure every club. Um, TV channel is just as biased. I mean, we do like to have a wee, a wee laugh at those across the other side of the city, but yeah, I, I, I fear perhaps we are people who perhaps should not be throwing stones from our glass house. Glass house. When it comes to that. 
The one, the one issue is, like, for Celtic TV, for some reason, the microphones are absolutely terrible. Like, for, for all the money they've put into the stadium, it's like a, a radio mic from, like, the 1930s, and they could sort that out. Oh, it's a goal! <laughs> they said to the back of the net! <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um, actually, you were better there, to be honest. Uh, oh, it's a goal! you got a job. Jerry McCulloch's on the phone. You're actually, yeah. you're doing Saturday's game. I'm Congratulations. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Jerry listens to this. Hi uh, Jerry, if you're listening. Jerry, who uh, denied that Paul McStay was a, a legend, according to someone who listens to the podcast and tweets him every single day. Whenever Jerry McCulloch <laughs> makes a tweet, right, any tweet about Celtic, his wanes, uh, you're sitting waiting for a train. This guy, who is he's a good guy as well, tweets, "Is Paul McStay a legend, Jerry?" <laughs> <laughs> every single time, which I think is class. Like, do you know what I mean? I because you know. I, I get the whole idea of you, you join Radio Clyde and you have to sell that product, so you, you want controversy. And he was good at stirring the pot. Um, and now he's at Celtic, you know, again, it's just... He seems to be doing things a little bit differently. Anyway, um, so, in regards to the actual game, uh, John mentioned Ralston. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to end up falling out about Ralston. Who, you and John? No, just generally. <laughs> just all I of think, us? I just, just, like, I think... A war? No, I just think we've got to sort of accept Ralston for what he is. I think that there's some boys in the group that that are sort of ah, oh, he's shy, he's this, he's that. Listen, I'm one of them. I know, <laughs> and that's why I'm saying we're going to fucking fall out. Um, if if Ralston can become a backup right back for us, we don't have to go out in January and buy two right backs. Now, you know, I'm, I'm you know, as a as a sort of Amateur economist trying to sign two of one position and telling them both, oh, don't worry, yeah, you're definitely going to be number one. Somebody's going to be disappointed. So actually, going out and signing a right back as our number one, I'm, I'm, I know this hurts. I can see, you're just looking straight through me. Lustig is finished. He is finished, isn't he? You've been, everyone's been saying that for about five years. For fuck's sake, he's not finished. He's, yes. in, he's untouchable. He's invincible. He's, no even, one's dropping even, him. Even he's back in. You know, he's already talking about where he's going at the end of the season. So we need to sign a first choice right back in January. And if Ralston can be an effective backup for that guy, then I don't think that's a bad return. Many have come for the king, and few have. You know, if you're going to come for the king, you best not miss. <laughs> uh, John, what's your kind of take? I know you were giving him a wee bit of a wee compliment there before. I think he'd done all right last night. Uh, I was surprised to see how far in an advanced position he was encouraged to get. Like yeah. I thought, um, considering he hadn't played in so long and obviously he had that rough period at Dundee United where he sold the jerseys for oh. a few goals and then that rough period at Scotland where he sold the jerseys for a few goals. <laughs> and uh, you don't want to discourage him because... You know he's a development prospect. Like he's he's a million miles off the level of the other players there at the moment. But yeah. he wasn't under any real pressure in that Motherwell game. Motherwell didn't really decide to start pressing the ball until I would say what the last the last sort of half hour they really Aye. started trying to press the ball. I think because Robinson was on the sidelines, absolutely apoplectic at the uh, great world. nature yeah. of the performance. But the real litmus test for a guy like Ralston will be. When it's from the first minute of kickoff, you've got a team in your face. Like, I wouldn't fancy him at Ibrox against no, Rangers. No, not, not at all. No, I mean, I mean, as I say, we have. 
And I'm assuming Jane Lustig will be back this weekend, or do you think they'll give him to Aberdeen? I don't know what the deal is. I'd imagine they'll give him to Aberdeen. Aye. We can talk about Dundee because I think. Well, we'll talk about Dundee when we talk about Dundee. But I, I'd imagine the the there's no need to rush him back. Nah. Um, see that you know this is going to sound a bit. This is going to come from a bit bit left field. Um, I, I was on a training course today, and um, they were talking about um, different types of mindsets. Growth mindset. Yes. Yes. So growth mindset, the idea that skills aren't skills and talent isn't just in you, that you can develop it and you can grow it. Um, LeBron James talks about it a lot. Um, so, a couple points. Firstly, when I was saying yesterday that Ralston's shite, I was obviously jokingly going over the top, right? Anthony Ralston hasn't shown anything no. that makes you think he's going to be the right-hand side version of Kieran Tierney. Yeah, I was going to say, Sir Manny said, and he's so far away from that. Like. I, I, I think the problem for Anthony Ralston, or any young player playing as a fullback for Celtic moving forward, is they're going to be compared to Kieran Tierney. Yep. Kieran Tierney, as we all know, is an exceptional talent. So, to compare him to Kieran Tierney isn't fair. To compare him to Gamboa, who's an international Costa Rican fullback, um... Gamboa's better. Gamboa is better. You know, I don't, how, how many times has Gamboa actually shown it? And how many, you know, Rogers has had so many opportunities to play Gamboa, particularly coming back from the World Cup and things like that. And he, and I we, just don't we, really fancy we, him. we know now that the if he plays an extra game in the league, that he they have to pay more money or they have to give him away. Was guys. that right? That's, no, no, but we know that's. Either they've decided just to do it or it wasn't true because he played a league game last week which oh, took okay. him over his 50 <laughs> matches. My, my point about the growth mindset thing is that um, players can develop. Players can get better. Anthony Ralston's in a sticky situation where, as John says, he went out to Dundee United and he didn't impress. It didn't work, no. Um, he was playing in the Toulon tournament. Uh, with, uh, he was the highest. Um, he was one of the players that were close to being over the age and he didn't impress. In fact, he looked quite weak. That's not to say he's going to be a bad player. That's not to say he can't develop. Uh, he can't cross. I, so, I know, so we did see that his first couple of crosses were actually quite good. And his next 12 were fucking next 12 were, but when he was, I think he needs to keep, if he keeps it low, the lower crosses were better than the higher crosses. Which is what KT did when he first came in. Yeah. He just, he just rattled them across. I mean, what's your, your thoughts on what Ian's saying about the, the fullback situation? You, you don't want to bring in two, do you? I definitely don't want to bring in two, but... Um... One thing that did strike me about last night, maybe it's in regards to the way that Motherwell set up. Uh, whenever I'm, I, I've got a really good view in my seat at Celtic in the North Stand, you can see the whole pitch. Whenever Gamboa plays, uh, obviously when he came in, he was much mooted as this incredibly pacey player who's going to overlap and bomb down the line and beat a man, get a ball across the face. Anytime Gamboa's been in the position where he could do that, he stops and either passes the ball back the way or passes it to the winger, whoever that may be. Now, that's clearly an instruction yeah. that mm-hmm. he's been given. And I think the reason he's been given that instruction is because he has poor sense of positioning and he's not a natural defensive right back. True, yeah. As was shown, particularly in the game recently, who was it we were playing? And he, st- he was absolutely... Him and Izagiri were playing. Um, aye. I, was, was it the Kelly game, the one <clears> we lost? Could have been, sorry, I, I could be way off there, but basically I think the issue is, I think you sign a right-back who next season's going to be competing if Lustig stays or doesn't, he'll be competing you with Lustig. Staying. don't you worry about that. He'll be competing with Lustig uh, for first place, or if Lustig goes, 
and they sign a right back, it'll be Lustig, and then it'll be Gamboa and Ralston will kind of be splitting the backup duty between them because I don't think you're going to get Gamboa to move on. Like, why should he? Yeah. He's loving life. He's on he's on good money, he's in some great chat groups on uh, on the Twitter for what I've seen. He's on Instagram. And, uh, oh he's he's having a great time, he's up at that Glasgow Fort all the time, oh. but um I, I'm not really convinced. I've not seen enough either of them to be convinced, but given Gamboa's age, I would say it's it's less likely that he's gonna turn it around. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I think um, you know, we, we often look um, we don't necessarily look at experience and youth. You know, at 20, at 21, you know, ideally you'd have 150 games under your belt. 100, maybe maybe not 150, but, you know, 70 games, first yeah. team games under your belt. At 21, you know, we, we still in Scotland have this idea that someone at 22 is still is a young player. Young, yeah. mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? We need to get... the Jack Hendry syndrome, I believe it's called, referred to. <laughs> um, so, there you go. There's another option, right? But and, and I get higher. Oh my, Sinclair. Oh my god. So, um, a question from Cami Boy: Does Raul Chops keep his position? Personally, I think whenever he's played, he's done well taking PSG out of the equation. But I do think he's a decent right back, and there's a better option than playing Aya there. Sorry, Gal, but I'm falling out of love with Lustig and like him. I Shut up! How dare you? If, if Lustig's fit, Ralston's not on the team. I agree. Agree. If absolutely, Lustig on, plays on, absolutely. Sa- on Saturday. Ralston plays ahead of Ayer or Gamboa. Would you? I mean, we're, mm-hmm. if we've got time, we're going to go through the squad, and I'm going to see who who goes in. Oh, stays. I did that. I did a wee, uh, Jimmy, a wee list. Good, um, but just is right back a priority for you, John? Hundred percent, it's a priority. Um, I, I think like, not because I think Lustig's been terrible recently. Like, I think he's had an upturn form. Yeah, but I think it's just unfair to expect him when he's he's getting to, over the hill in his career for a guy in that position to carry that all by himself. Aye. I mean, he also was, he played a World Cup as well. Yeah, yeah. do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, he's got two wins. So I mean, you know what I mean? I think that's what he says to Brendan. He's like, I've got the Wayne's gaffer, the Wayne's. Three o'clock, school run. It's me, eh? No, see, John was very diplomatic and he was classy there when he said that, you know, we, he needs help, which is how I would put it. He needs help. He's valuable for teaching someone how to be a defensive right back and uh, use their yeah. position because Ralston and, and certainly Gamboa, right, we're just going to write that off because I think, like, when you're, he's the same age as me, do you know what I mean? He's 29. <laughs> and you're, if, you've and no, are you? I, if you've not learned it by now, it's not coming, right? That's that's just the way that is. But Ralston, that's the least, growth mindset from John. <laughs> that's it, yeah. Aye, it, that's the fixed mindset, I believe. <laughs> yes, the, Ralston, the, the opposite end of the continuum. The issue with Ralston is like I was talking to a guy in work who's a, a big Partick Thistle fan, and we were talking a few weeks ago about Ralston and how not only has Ralston not been involved, he's not gone out on loan anywhere. Like which I thought. Surely, if you've got Lustig and Gamboa there, and you're not giving him a look in, does he move out on loan? I think but he's in that sort of troublesome spot of you do almost get left one short if you put him out. Ah, right, because we okay. don't we don't really have because remember, like even like Armstrong at points could fill in at, at, at fullback, and McGregor it, can fill McGregor in. McGregor could, could fill in. It, it does feel like from a squad that felt really bloated and too big. It's now starting to look sort of threadbare. It's yeah, you're right because it looks 
it, it, again, we'll get to this when we kind of come to that segment. But mm. you know, it looks dead bare, but at the same time, there are fucking lot of players there. It's just a lot we, of players and a got, lot of wages. We've got a lot of wingers, for yeah. example. Um, anyway, just on last night's game, personally, I thought it was like yourselves. Professional job, job done. Game was done in the second half. Motherwell were outrageous. Yeah, but you know that way that if you are like McHugh should have been off. Aye, Aye it's I mean, disgraceful. But, but there was it, it, it took like three challenges in a row mm. before Madden. Gave but, a card. But, but if you're getting away with it, why why would you stop? Like if you're making these inverted commas robust challenges and the referee's either playing on or stopping you but not booking you, why wouldn't you just go? Oh, I'm just going to fucking have him again. Yeah, mm. um, Benk- Benkovic got a couple of sore ones. Johnson dropped. Benkovic got a couple of really bad ones aye, and stopped and looked as if to say, "Aye, you seriously aye. not calling it?" Aye. You had Rogers coming out of the dugout as well for the one on Johnson. Was that bad? Yeah, but one positive I would say from that game last night, I know Motherwell were, you know, we pretty much dispatched of them. But that's mm-hmm. it's not it's never as easy as it looks. No, no. But um, the thing that was really positive is, see, I thought once the three goals had kind of gone in. The team started playing with a bit of confidence, and Brown and McGregor and Chan kind of seemed to naturally fall back into the positions that they'd been playing when they were on a good run together last season, where they'd been sitting. Yeah. And it looked, it didn't look stilted like yeah. the way it did when uh, we lost Ryan Christie to injury a couple of weeks ago. It looked like it was back to that fluency, like they were kind of they were they were appreciating each other's positional sense yeah, 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 yeah. and roles, which is really positive. Yeah, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I it was thought a- there was sort of, there was still for me. There's a sort of sliding doors moment of uh, great of, film of, of that. It kind of almost went exactly the same as the game at Fir Park, except that we scored the penalty. I think if mm-hmm. we'd scored the penalty at Fir Park, uh-huh. it'd have been, it would have gone three 0 and then we'd have done exactly the same. But actually, you know, when you miss the penalty, mm-hmm. the heads go down, they come back in because they they kind of did come in. You know, they came into the game at Fir Park. In the second half, so they, they sort of did that again. But as I say, with that three goal cushion, it was just it was never in doubt. Yeah, I think one one last thing about Ralston, and I, I think I think when you're playing against teams that are sitting in at Celtic Park, who are not wanting to give us any room, I think in a big pitch like that where where Celtic dominate most of the ball, Ralston will be fine. I really wouldn't fancy him away at Dens Park or yeah. away at Fort mm. Park or away. At, you know, any of these grounds where the pitch is narrow and the surface yeah. isn't good, I think that's a lot to ask of a young player who's not played a lot of football. No. Yeah, um, this comes back to where we are regarding uh, the game against Hibs in the game yeah, at a way form. Uh, I find Rogers sometimes leaves a guy out of the squad, the squad for ages and then all of a sudden he's starting. That must be so jarring for a player like to, you know, either just not be involved in even coming off the bench to then starting. So, Ralston, again, essentially, I don't know if he's going to get the time. I think a loan period is probably the best thing for him. Definitely. Um, I think he needs to go to either a top-flight Scottish club or, you know, put him somewhere, you know, Norway, you know, Rosenberg did terrifically for for Henderson. You need to put him in a situation where he's going to um, have the opportunity to play, um, but also in a league where Wingers aren't fast because Ralston's really slow. Mm-hmm. He's really slow. That was the one thing that shocked me, how slow he was. And, you know, that five-year... Wingers these days in terms of fitness, in terms of, you know, pace, is so integral to, to what how a lot of these teams play, specifically in Europe. Um, 
that's where I think he might fall down. But I have a... Can I make a point? Sorry. Growth mindset. I keep looking at the side. My, my brother is currently serving Eric Sviatchenko his dinner. Oh, Christ. He's, he's in Glasgow. He's, he's here for the game on Saturday, and my brother is currently ser- just served him three oysters. Of course he did. Of course he did. Do you know um, Ian's brother? You might because you were in bands. Stuart Diggin? Big, big tall guy. What bands are you in? They were uh, the, uh, French Wives. Oh yeah, I know the band. I don't yeah. know your brother. Aye, I know. But anyway, mm. he's just served. It. Sorry, it came mm-hmm. up. We mentioned Sviatchenko at the start of the pod. Some I mean, natural aphrodisiac, the oyster. Maybe he's going for baby Sviat number two. Man. Yeah. No, I think she's ready to pop with the second one. Is she? Aye. 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 I've not been keeping tabs on it. To be fair, like <laughs> I'm, I'm up to I'm up to date mm. with all them. I've unfollowed. The uh, I've up, unfollowed up close and private. Aye, so I've not seen him and Armstrong in any polo necks recently. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I black and white pictures talking about fucking beatnik poets. Um, <laughs> quickly quickly promote your brother's podcast. Oh, The Onion Bag. Uh, yeah, if you, if you like uh, fantasy football, uh, The Onion Bag is a very entertaining uh, podcast about English fantasy football. And uh, yeah, give it a shot. They've got their Christmas special out just now. It may or may not feature me singing. I've not listened to it yet. I did I did send in a song. Lovely. There we go. Right, okay, enough about your fucking brother's podcast. All right, listen, you're on our podcast. So, um, so I mean, the main thing to take away from the, the Motherwell game is that uh, we did well. Johnson gets first goal, which is terrific. That finish was sensational. Can top notch. I don't know what he did. Did it, the ball rocketed up? Maybe it was just because he was off balance and he was kind of falling back a little bit. But it rattled into the top of the roof, the, the roof of the net. Um, but sensational for for a wee guy he's, who he's not a striker though, is he? He's down as a striker on the club's website. Yeah, um, but he, look, he looks more he's a like winger. A, a winger. A yeah, winger. He's, he's definitely a winger. Um, he's got he's terrific not, feet. He's not filled out enough yet to really no. be seen if he'll cut it as a striker. Like mm. he's definitely got qualities, you know, like that finishes. unbelievable. He's got quality, and that's how we work. Uh, this is how we work. It's how yeah. we work. Do an impression of Brendan Rodgers. No, I'm alright, man. Alright, fucking fuck up. I think you've smashed it. To uh, be fair. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Take it. Compliment back. Sorry. Is, is Benny Rogers uh, from all up? Well, it's more muted anyway, which is more <laughs> the work and the supporters. That's uh, very good. That's, that's very good. That's the intensity of their press. They can't <laughs> press. In class? Why are, you, why are you holding back here? I know, you need to do it really low though, and it's hard to project and do the thing. But well, anyway. well, this is how we work. Supporters. Nah, I can't Aye, that's, that's people, are, people are going to be turning their phones down now when we're yeah. doing that. Hey, listen, see, as long as they've downloaded the podcast, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, but you're right about Mikey Johnson. I think he needs to fill out. Um, that's what obviously what happened with KT when he first broke in when he was young. Um, it's similar to Ralston as well. He put on quite a lot of um, kind of muscle as well. So that's good. Uh, Johnson, I don't think, should be near a first-team starter. Um, Might start on Saturday again. But Saturday's a different kettle of fish yeah. just because of this this match with Dundee is, is really interesting. But takeaway from, from the Motherwell game, uh, first goal for um, Ralston scored, obviously, terrific hold-up play from Eddie. Um, Johnson scored his first goal, but Eddie got injured. Eddie got injured. Um, and striker-wise, obviously, with everything that's happening to, uh, with Lee Griffiths, he doesn't look like he's going to be back anytime soon. Uh, I think this is... Do you know... The, the, this was the Listrop, let's call it Listrop, 
that Dembele through on the on the on the last day of the transfer window. It's not, I like it. I this like is it. this is the one issue with it is we've got twenty million pounds on our hip, but absolutely no chance to replace him. And when you look at that squad, it you know we were a striker like going into the season essentially are we going to if you quickly off the t- again we'll get to the score breakdown John if you had to play someone up front but if Eddie pulls out who is it 5 4 James Three. Forrest yeah that was that was a bit more, or Sinclair it's hard because I really don't think James Forrest is natural through the middle but Sinclair Sinclair hides enough out in the wing you <laughs> can't help <laughs> You can't have that in the middle. You can't. Do, do you know? Especially with no Rogic in there at the moment, you know, know. Or, or no natural number 10 in there to compensate yeah. for his lack of dig, you w- know? Wolf. The Wolf. He's not going to answer. You can't just speak into no, the ether and he'll answer. I can answer call him out again. That could be my shtick. Uh, says that Christopher Iyer played as a striker when he was 17. <sighs> so fuck. <laughs> so fuck. Christopher, Christopher Iyer played midfield for, for start as well. Yeah. I, I don't know if he played for... Um, oh, I think he came to us as a midfielder, didn't he? And then it was a sort of conversion But he played as... What, what Wolf was saying um, was that he played as quite a... Um, not as a defensive midfielder, as a, as a forward. Right, okay. As, a, as like you're sort of in the half space, sort of like number 10 almost. So it's interesting to see how he... Well, we don't need him in that position. Can he play as a striker? No, he's not mobile enough, I don't think. Um, I think we're. He's also again, not mobile enough for you, fullback. You're but. desperate not to talk about the Dundee game because yeah. it's not. It's later on in your wee bit of paper, and that's fine. <laughs> Fuck up. <laughs> but I think we're quite lucky. It's Dundee. <laughs> it's not somebody. There's a bit of paper, guys. So rude. I know. This is just. Off just the I think we're probably we're probably lucky. It's Dundee. It's at Celtic Park and not. Yeah. yeah. A, not at Dens Park and not not somebody else. Uh, okay. Well, uh, before we get in, in fact, do you know what? What we'll do is no. Fuck it. We'll stick to who we're going to stick. Uh, my other point... Sorry, Chris. Uh, it, was, it was 100% a penalty. See that penalty? Well, that's probably the... the as, that is the, the most stonewall penalty I think I've maybe ever seen. But see, like, I, I did PE, right? I did a standard grade in PE, right? And you used to have these videos and like, is this a penalty? <laughs> right? Uh, like, with like, fucking hockey and all that. But see if it was like, if there were a referees forum and it was a world referees forum and they're like, okay, referee guys and ladies, like, referee people, Yep. Refa people, just yep. referees, just referees. I've, I've went to gender neutral in, in terms already. Of, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but um, the referee man, um, <laughs> um, no, the referees. They would show that it's such a stonewall penalty, ah. and it's the perfect. Well, it's it's a it's a it's a penalty that's such a stonewall that even Bobby Madden can't <laughs> turn it down. Can't, right? can't deny that it. is saying something. Uh, were you happy with? If we get a penalty at Ibrox, it's Sinclair. It's a hundred percent Sinclair. Despite yeah. the despite the miss in the final, I don't think he's missed another penalty for Celtic, has he? Or has he missed maybe one? I think other? he's maybe won one. He's one. generally very clinical though. Yeah. from from the spot, but especially look, against McGregor, you're going to need a player who can put it right in the, in corner. the corner. Yeah, perfect. Because because he is like as much as obviously we don't like to give Rangers credit, McGregor's comfortably their best player. McGregor's comfortably the new Golden. Where he just I honestly turns wish up. he would fuck I off. I I see the moment I saw him resigning, and again, I think Wolf has tried to be like, oh, he's not, he's not so good. Oh, it's, so it's like, do you know what? He's a fucking bastard. And I hate him, and and, 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 and I would kind of. so much rather him sitting on any bench in the championship than playing against us. See, see when mm. we, um, I, I, I sometimes have a dream that he gets injured and it's forging him in when we're not playing them. Oh. 
Life's not that. Life's not that kind, though. No, nah, it's, it's not. not. Um, it's he, not. he is just another flying pig. Oh, uh, do you know what I mean? And it's vile. Um, but there you go. Uh, my other main point, my other personal takeaway from the Motherwell game is I thought that Callum McGregor was magnificent. I thought Aye. he sprayed the ball around. He architect. He was an architect on the pitch. Um, his passing was stupid. This goes back to um, looks at sheet um, growth mindset. Yes. I'm gonna keep. Can you keep? I'm gonna look at you, and I need you to remind me to say growth, yeah, the growth mindset. mindset yeah. Um, but McGregor in this role is something that's been debated on this podcast for the last couple of weeks, um, and we can also point to the Hibs game. But before we do that, Callum McGregor signed a new five-year contract with Celtic today. How do you feel about it, John? Callum McGregor. Callum McGrowth mindset. Girl. <laughs> oh, there we go. Callum McGrowth mindset is not bad. McGregor. Mm. No, it's not great, but no. sometimes you're allowed a second try. Like but Callum McGregor's That's a growth mindset. But that's a growth mindset. You're allowed to make mistakes and you're allowed yeah. to. Fail you know, fast. Yeah, mm. fail fast. Um, but no, what do you think about it? I think it's terrific. I think uh, you look at a guy who's ready to step into the mold of, I love it here, I want to stay. I think he recognises if he was to leave Celtic, the level of club he'd be going to would be maybe one of those yo-yo clubs in England. Yeah, yeah. I, do, I don't think uh, he's the kind of player that the clubs a level above that down in England or in Europe would look to. Not that I think he's a bad player. I just think he doesn't have those kind of attributes, the height, maybe the physicality yeah. for that kind of game. But if you look at a guy who's ready to commit his future to Celtic, and stay there and be the mainstay of that yeah. team when we've got guys like Brown and guys like Lustig moving on I think it's McGregor because as much as we'd all love it to be Tierney I think at some point Tierney's he's of that level he's where he's going, to, he's going to need to move on so, he will at some point not yeah. that we want him to but he will he will sometimes so, it makes me I just feel a bit sad watching Kieran Tierney play football and in the sense of you've seen all this praise on Robertson and I'm actually convinced that Tierney's a better footballer, but you just look at every, the wealth of riches that Andy Robertson has to pick a pass around him. And Tierney, Thursday night was an example. He's just having to work so hard to get guys around him to kind of come up to his level. And I just think eventually he's going to have to take that opportunity. But McGregor was on that press conference today and talked about being a one-club one man. And that's brilliant. So yeah. you, you've just mentioned uh, Callum McGregor. We actually had Liam Divers uh, representing the 90 Minute Cynic was at the press conference and uh, he actually asked a question. For many Celtic fans, you're probably going to first pick on the team sheet for them. But what do you put that down to? Why, why do you think you are so regularly picked? And what's the, what's the main key thing to that? I think for me, it's just... Um... You know, that work rate every day, you, you come in, you try and be the best player and then, you know, that carries on to a Saturday. So it becomes a habit that you, every time you go into the pitch, you, you give your best and, you know, you stay at a, a certain level of performance. Then, you know, it helps the team with that consistency as well. So I would probably say that being being the most consistent factor that, you know, you even managed to stay in the team for so long. Uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean, terrific stuff from Kyle McGregor. And, and as we said, you know, he... I mean, see someone like Callum McGregor, what I would imagine Callum McGregor, when he was a wee guy, when he was playing football, would think to himself, what do I want to do? I want to win a, champion, win a championship, I want to play in Europe, and I want to play for my country. He can do all that at Celtic. Yeah. And I'm... that's... that's. So, I mean, so can Kieran Tierney, but Kieran Tierney has the potential to be... 
you know, top end. Yeah, um, for yeah, totally proper different. By the way, just so um, at Claire Wild at underscore Claire Wild has tweeted in to say, guys. So I should actually put it in context. John and uh, well, Ian brought biscuits as a, as a tribute. Which is tribute again? This sort of like master sort of slave relationship thing. Is, I think it's I, a little bit much. Tri- tribute. It's fine. He 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 brought tribute on my house. <laughs> um, he brought Oreos and pink wafers. And as we know, I'm a vegan. I'm um, I'm uh, I'm keen to understand. Chris has some sort of so at Claire Wild. Um, guys, I fear the pink pe- pink, pa- pink panther wafers are no longer vegan. Do they have oh. milk in them or something? The test has failed. Wheat mm. flour, palm oil, sugar, wheat starch, whey powder, <gasps> milk, bastards. Son of a bitch. You could have destroyed my veganism. I'll take them home. Yeah. <laughs> you're happy with it. It's pink wafers. I think your high horse would have broken a leg and had to be shot there if you'd taken a bite of that wafer, eh? I would have got a slap, to be honest. Uh, anyway, so the Motherwell Sorry, game. Claire. The Motherwell game. Terrific um, and done, and we move For, on. Just sorry, one more point on Callum McGregor. Yep. Callum McGregor had a a sort of run in with the law, and I think I think the, the club, That's right? Yeah, totally. The club stuck it. by him through that, and and do you know you saw a situation last year with uh, Darren Gibson at, at Sunderland where it was oh thank fuck for that here we go is a good opportunity to get him out the door. Uh, McGregor was caught drink driving. All right. Okay. Um, All right. As a young, as a you know, he was. He was, 20, it was under dial anyway. Uh, aye, and and the club chose to stick with him, and actually that that has repaid. And I think if that's not a tribute to the growth mindset, I don't know what is. It's the growth mindset. Growth mindset. This, it's the growth mindset is my new fucking favourite thing. To be honest, I'm going to call this episode the growth mindset. By the way, it's going to have no relevance. To, no one will be able to find it. But there you go. Callum McGregor versus um, Scott Brown. Um, do you play them both or do you play one? And if you do play one, who is it? Boom. It's McGregor if Christie's fit and Rogic is fit. Love it. Love your confidence. A wee bit more? Well, I think like you look at the run of form we were on there uh, with Christie and McGregor, that movement. Even though Rogic, let's be honest, we love Big Tam, but he has been known to blow hot and cold from time to time. And he did have a wee bit of a cold spell there. But McGregor and Christie's movement and understanding uh, complements each other so well. And even when Tam's not necessarily beating men or driving forward or getting shots, he's a really nice uh, kind of pivot there, a really nice kind of hold-up player for them to be able to give the ball to and allow them to move. Yeah, definitely. But last night, particularly, when you see an opportunity to get Cham in an advanced position, I think you want Brown in there with McGregor just to give that extra bit of steel. Because Cham does have a tendency to go a bit on walkabout, I think, when he's uh, <laughs> when he's in an advanced position. He's not really he's not like Christie, he's not like leathering back to get the ball when Aye. he when we lose it. But um it's uh, it's great to have that option, you know, to, to be able to say we can we can change these systems depending on the players available. But I don't think it would be fair to make Ryan Christie have to fight to get back in the team when he very bravely went in for a tackle and basically took an injury. Could have taken a very bad injury 
for the team. He, he did yeah. what he did what a lot of players wouldn't have done in the Salzburg game. We, we're going to touch on the Salzburg game. I know that m- myself and Ian touched on it um, at the Twitter live lunch that we do most Fridays. Um, but we'll have a wee kind of recap of our thoughts. Um, Scott Brown entered the five hundred club, five hundred appearances for Celtic, which is uh, you know no matter what you think of the guy, a, a magnificent. Um, a magnificent sense of loyalty um, because I'm sure Scott Brown had options to leave at certain points. Um, some other players who made 500 or, or that thereabouts: um, Tommy Burns, the great TB. Uh, Jimmy Johnson made uh, Tommy Burns made 503. Jimmy Johnson made 515. Um, on the other side of it, Bobby Murdoch, um, one of my dad's favourite players, made 485. Peter Gr- <laughs> Peter Grant made 478. <laughs> Appearances for Celtic. So the make nin- of that what you will. <laughs> the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> is it any consider? Is it any wonder? The nineties happened. Who's got the record? Billing so the record is seven ninety. Seven ninety, right? Billy okay, yeah. Who's second? Is it um, James McGrory? Huh? Nope. Um, another Lisbon line. Nope. James McGorry's got 445, which again is an unbelievable hmm. I uh, don't know. Go for it. Hit me with it. It's, a no, mais- it's the maestro. The Paul McStay. McStay, oh, yeah, okay. 678 appearances. And then Roy Aitken and then Danny McGray and then Pat Bonner. Pat Bonner made 641 appearances. For so does Brown end up in about the top 10 or just maybe top 20? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. He is just outside the top 20, but... It's, sorry, he's just outside the top 10, but I think he's going to go into the top 8. Well done. Um, well done, Scott. Which is unbelievable. Um, Brilliant, Scott Brown. What a boy. Obviously, we played Salzburg last Thursday, but on Sunday, we played Hibs. Um, and that's a perfect description <laughs> of, of Hibs. Did, did Brendan Rodgers have a stroke before that game? So, like maybe just one of those like mini strokes. Uh, um, so, so the team that played uh, against... Uh, where do you shoot? Uh, the team that played against Hibs... Shit, I've lost it. What was the team that played against Hibs again? Uh, essentially, Ayer was at right back. Sinclair was playing. Azagiri as- was at left back or, or left side. Um, it Azag- just Azagiri was just all of the left wing. Oh, he was just <laughs> that picture. Um, that still image of Aye. the ball going into into the where box for the second, and Azagiri's at the halfway line running back, going, "Guys, guys, sorry." <laughs> um, we th- this this plays into our away form, which. Is shite. Yeah. Uh, John, thoughts on Hibs? I was... Uh, I can't remember the last time I've been so angry after a game. It's it's not that uh, I think we should win every game. I'd like us to win every game, but to win every game you have to show up and you have to beat teams and you have to impose yourself on a match. And just the manner of the defeat was terrible. Obviously, the guy Slavkai's gone right through the whole team, pretty much. They've just cut us apart. No one's got a foot on him. And what I did think was interesting is, Izagiri doesn't track, and nobody goes to the ball. And I think the reason nobody reacts and goes to the ball is because it's been Christie that's been doing that the last few weeks. Yeah. Excellent point. He's been the one charging back, winning it. And then by the time everyone else wakens up to the fact of what's going on, he's all the way through. I thought... Um, was it Jozo or was it Benkovic? Jozo. I thought Jozo could have got closer to him and shut the angle. You don't have to put a foot in, but you can just, at least shut the angle. He sold himself so easily and so yeah. quickly. 
And, and after that, heads went down, I thought. Uh, I thought there were some players, obviously Sinclair, that's just a given at this point, heads down. But there were some players that I think were like, all right, it's one of these days at Easter Road. Just like it was That's what thing. it felt like after a minute. Aye. You're like... I, I turned to Claire and I said, we're, we're, we're dro- I said, at best, we're dropping two points here. But yeah. this was after a minute, I thought, oh, they don't look up for it. I just thought they didn't look up for it. Aye. Um, which is... This is the thing about Celtic this season. Our form goes from scintillating to dismal. Yeah. Uh, they, they looked lost. Uh, I mean, Ayer was at right back. I, I honestly... To, what? No. Um, I mean, that's obviously led to why Ralston started. Yeah. Um, Is Suminovic now back in ahead of Ayer at centre-back, do you think? Yeah, I'd imagine so. Well, um, depending on... See, Jozo, just when you think you're kind of like, do you know what? I'm going to give you one last chance. Yeah. Uh, he does something like he did against Hibs. I don't, I don't think he was very good against Hibs. But then again, I don't think anyone was particularly no. good against Hibs. Um, we, we did a live Twitter video on, on Friday and yeah. we talked about the Salzburg game and how deflated we were after that and how we expected a performance. I think I said I was nervous. Well... And sadly, that proved to be quite pressing. That proved to be right. It was uh, just a game. It was a. It's a. It's a difficult ground to go to at the best of times. We Rogers has never won at Easter Road. Didn't know that. That that uh, you start to find out these wee things about Rogers, like the fact that he had never beaten Steve Clark until the other week at come. You're like, oh, that's weird. It's quite a strange thing to have hand. Um, Rogers seems to be of the opinion that. Uh, the players that he works with day in day out know the system regardless of how many games they've played and that if he tells them where to play and they follow his instructions they should be able to beat any team in front of them Yeah, but he's not learning that lesson and I don't know if he's trying to make a point to the board that some of these guys aren't good enough but (sighs) it feels like I don't, I don't understand how putting Ayer at right back is good for anyone because Ayer is a guy he clearly rates Ayer's a good player it just makes him Bag of nerves, mate. Yeah, yeah. He, he just can't play there. There's plenty. Yeah, of... I mean, what what happens on Thursday night with Ayer? Essentially, Lustig takes a head knock, and 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 Ayer becomes your only viable option. Only viable option, right back, right? So you you write that one off, but then to continue with the experiment is like. Do you think is there a, is there a tinge of arrogance to it that he can basically make I, any? I think almost everything Rogers does has. Sometimes a tinge of arrogance, and that's what, that's why. Just, but that's why he's that's successful. That's why he is who he is. Eh? That's why he's successful. But that's also why you know fatally because, flawed at points. As yeah, well. because of if, because he's got a looks at think, growth mindset. <laughs> um, I don't know why I keep bringing that up, but I do. But yeah, so I mean that that was the performance was just terrible. It was uh, it was an impotent performance. It was. Uh, uh, Celtic never really fought for it. I don't think. After after we went one 0 down, uh, Forrest done the best he could on the left by himself, um, trying to, not so much left. I guess left of centre, he sort of ended up playing. Yeah, and I thought Brown had a poor game. A lot of the time, he was over hitting passes to Cham, and Cham was trying to force his way through two or three players, closing them down. But then, who's Cham got to find on the right wing? He's got Johnny Hayes. Mm-hmm. He's got Johnny Hayes to find on the right wing, and uh, Johnny Hayes just offered no support. And when he did get the ball, he just had that look of someone who did not believe 
that Somebody he, hadn't played that, much football for 18 yeah, months. He, he just didn't look like he believed that he should be on the park. And, and he was right. Yeah, <laughs> he was. And I, I have nothing massively against Johnny Hayes, no. but he's not Celtic quality. No. He's a, he's a battler, he's a digger, he's a guy who will grind stuff out again for teams like Aberdeen, you know. He'll, he'll get in there and he'll muck in, but he doesn't have the technical ability no. to, to do what we need him to do. Again, I think it comes down to, you made an excellent point there, self-belief. See, if you don't believe that you are good enough to hold down a first-team place at Celtic, or you don't believe that you're good enough to be in the team, you shouldn't be there. Yeah. And Johnny Hayes, I like... I've got a lot of time for Johnny Hayes as a player. I think he's a good player. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think he's a really good player for any... You know, he was one of the player of the year nominees for Aberdeen. He's a really good player. As soon as you pull on that Celtic ship and you've got that support behind you, you either sink or swim. Yeah. And we've seen it with bigger named players than him. So, you know, he's made some money, but I'd imagine he'd be moved on in January. Yeah. Uh, if you can find someone to pay him the same wages, the report, the report said he's on about 10000 isn't it, at Celtic? Or in case he was... Obviously, the, as well, the, the pattern was that Celtic generally offer about seven and a half to eight thousand a week to a player that we sign from SPL. within the, SP, the yeah. Scottish <clears throat> Premier League or the SPFL structure. But because it was Hayes, Hayes was seen as because Car- Cardiff were interested in him. Cardiff, yeah. you know, and Cardiff he could be playing in the Premier League. Yeah, imagine. Look that. at uh, Patterson's done really well down there. Well, remember Jos Hoyfeld and Danny Fox played in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, you know what Danny I mean? like, Fox. And, and 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 of course, let's not forget who is absolutely setting the Championship on fire, pouring fucking napalm all over it. Timo Pukki. He's flying, absolutely flying. He is, I they mean, love him. People talk about how the Scottish Premiership <laughs> is, is shit, shit. Worse than the Championship. I've watched some absolutely turgid football from the Championship over the last season or two. Don't get me wrong, you get turgid football in every league. You get shite games in every league, absolutely. But every time I watch it, I'm like, these players are worth, like, a lot of these players are out with Celtic's budget. Yeah, Martin Waghorn, £8 million. Oh. <laughs> Martin Fucking eight million pounds. Eight million pounds. Eight million pounds. Say it. Say it like you're a guy, a wee guy from the West End. Eight million pounds. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> that just sounds like you, Ian, as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I mean, the the Hibs game uh, was. One like, last thing about the championship. How many guys have came up from the championship, decide they don't fancy it up here, or they can't cut it? Or whatever excuse and they're straight back down Aye. there. And then they're a success down there again. Aye. Scum. Aye. Subhuman scum. And they're getting scum. About, probably about fucking five, ten grand more a week to play in the championship. Anyway. Like he's, sorry, he's, Chris. Like he's I like no, I like it. I like these these passionate uh, pleas. Um, so yeah, so do we have a problem I know you're supposed to be asking the question. No, like, sorry, is, no, is, no, is, no, is there is there a way for isn't that actually a problem in it of, in of itself? It's not acceptable. It's not. <laughs> it's not like, and it's not to say that we are Celtic and we should beat everyone and everyone should just roll over for us. You will lose the odd away game. You will drop points away from home, but you can't do it in the manner that we have been doing it, no. which has just been not showing up. The game plan blown to bits within a few minutes, and then no way to get back yeah. into it. That's I, really I, poor. I think part. I think Thursday Sunday. Doesn't help. No, it's but that's very... that's that's our own fault. Mm-hmm. I think I think the biggest benefactor of Celtic's shitty away form is Stephen Gerrard at the moment, because he has been allowed to write this legend that says, "Isn't Gerrard doing a great job?" And ah, uh, you know, and look, and he's you know, we're only a point behind. 
And actually, if you look at how many games Celtic have turned up where they've just been abject or where they've thrown away points, Celtic could easily be 10 points clear at this point. Oh, no, I disagree. I think we could be about 15 or 16 points. <laughs> Honestly, I, see if we had any sort of consistency. See if we'd won half of our away games, we'd be 10 points ahead I. and more. Um, so here's some of our away games recently. A 2-0, I'm going to go in reverse order. Um, this is just in Scotland, um, because we never fucking win in Europe. Away from home, well, other than Rosberg. Except in Norway. Yeah, but then Norway is it's a backwater. Norway, yeah. in terms of everything about it, is yeah. a backwater. If you're I, but it is there. lovely that they let cousins get married. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah, and it's good that, you know, the, you know, it's good that they think there's something, but they're not. They're really not. <laughs> anyway, so Hibs, we lost 2 0 to. Do you want to slag off Christian? Christian's from Norway. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Gutting. Gutting. Um, but that's Christian. all right. Sorry, joke Christian. about, by the way, it feels like. Never mind. Just well, me. Carry on. Nah, we hate Christian. Nah, we don't. We really actually like him. We actually like him. This like, is like us. This is our way of saying that we like See, the thing, way we show love, right? Yeah, yeah. See, the thing in Scotland is, guys, that um, when you slang each other off, you actually. It's, it's, good, it's, it's called the banter. It's called banter. Banter. Uh, so, Hibs away, uh, we lost 2 0. Um, Motherwell, we drew one each. Uh, so, that's our last two away games. Uh, then we. Uh, we beat Hamilton 3-0 which Hamilton are dreadful and that was a dreadful game that um, was when he pulled Cham off at half time for the uh, that was a Motherwell game oh that was the Motherwell game so they were minus being orders yeah. Hamilton were minus the talismanic Darian McGregor to be fair that's true um, so, no Darian McKinnon I apologise to Darian McKinnon for getting his name wrong there I don't know who he is he's that uh, meatloaf faced fella that plays <laughs> in he plays centre mid for. I think I do know who you mean. <laughs> He's the guy who uh, attempted the Penenka last season. Oh, oh God. And, uh, it was like a conversion. <laughs> I think it ended up in the Sainsbury's car park. <laughs> oh, the sensational stuff. Uh, one, uh, we drew, remember, we drew 0 now with Livingston. Um, now, conversely, I would argue that that's starting to look like a better result. In the context of the season, yeah, yeah. just uh, what, did, what did somebody call the Tony Macaroni statement? The, like I've forgotten it, but it was it was good. Oh, the spaghetti, the had. spaghetti yeah. had that was fucking brilliant. But yeah, they so they've they've only lost one game there. They beat Hearts five 0 there, but still, we're still shy away from home, Chris. Yeah, it's not carry good on. Yeah, I mean, like we, you know, Dundee, we, you know, it's Dundee and St Johnson. Dundee and St Johnson essentially are two um, points, uh, but they're effectively blips. Yeah, I mean, the, the one of the worst ones was, was the you know we went on a run where we hit, we drew nil nil we St Mirren and then oh. we lost to Kilmarnock um, and then yeah I mean is this a a mental thing is it the fact that Brendan Rodgers consistently I'm going to put in inverted commas f- mixes it up and freshens it up after a European performance or is it is it is it a mindset of the players now Jink I think, I think sorry go on Ian I, th- I think there's probably been Two things at play, and I think, and I think there has been probably too much rotation, and 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 the Sunday, thir- the Thursday Sunday, has had a factor. I think in the first set of games that you're talking about, um, I put that down to Rogers and his and his you know mind games with the board and and whatever he was up to, that that mindset seemed to seep into the team and. When he was at his most unsettled, I think the team were playing their worst. Yeah. 
And I think that that comes down to um, a lot of things. It comes down to Roger spitting the dummy a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think he had... I found... I know we're kind of going back to the beginning of the season. I found how he dealt with all that odd... Yeah. Very un-Brendan Rogers-like. Um, and so that has... That affected the first two, three months of the season. Well, not three months, but, uh, you know, that St. Johnston game really kind of... That was the sort of watershed that, moment. Yeah, and it really got his back on form. Um, John, you said it's just not good enough. Um, did you see it changing? We've got Aberdeen away. <clears throat> we've got Rangers away. Two of our biggest games of the season. Um, and then the winter break. And then the winter break. And a transfer. And a transfer window. So is it just a case of getting through these two and writing off the first half of the season? Uh, you know, if we finish the top of the, top of the table... Um, at the end of the season, at the the first end of the first half of the season, the first phase, first phase. <laughs> but you're happy with that, and you don't look back, or do you still go? That really wasn't good enough. I think we need to draw a line under it because I think if you carry that that negativity forward, then that can you know that can play on a, on the squad. I think the newspapers and the media in this country will certainly be on the all offensive of Celtic have had such an inconsistent start to the season, that's going to continue, we're going to have a really tight race Rangers aren't at it Kilmarnock aren't at it and all that kind yeah. of thing Yeah. but uh, it's it's a missed opportunity we've won the League Cup, we're still top, we're still, um, top, we're top of the top league now, yeah. at yeah, the moment yeah, yeah, yeah. with a game in hand and um, I think with the Aberdeen and Rangers games, obviously if I hope he isn't uh, missing Edward, uh, he, needs, he needs to try and get back if he can um, we need to just try and get out of these games unscathed and we need to show similar kind of dig we showed at the 3-2 last year at Ibrox when we were going through a rough patch and we just dug it out yeah broke them you need to dig it out against Aberdeen they're they're going to try and frustrate and, and harry us I think McInnes will maybe actually fancy it this time they've just came off a 5-1-1 surely they try and go for it they're a, they're a point behind Rangers or two points behind us mm. yeah they've kind of come from nowhere they've really. done really well to yeah. kind of they've uh, got it back. They've it's got pretty go much like the, the, the sort of mm. parallel fortunes Lewis Ferguson scores that goal against Rangers and Rangers have really <clears throat> kicked a ball since yeah. and, and Aberdeen have actually really kicked on yeah um, and, and, that, and that's the thing it's just it's these mo- this can sound lame but like these moments can it's like sliding doors Chris I don't know if you. you I know think that it's film. it's more like a growth mindset. It's like growth mindset. I'm starting to not understand what that means. Yeah, I think I'm just using it for for everything. It's becoming um, trite. So we're going to we're going to we're going to finish probably looking at kind of Europe because obviously the Europa League draw has been thingy. But we've got Dundee um, and then we've got Aberdeen and then we've got uh, the you know, Rangers at Ibrox, uh, Safeco. As I, yeah. call, as I call them yeah that's it Sevco International Holdings or whatever that's what you're always saying to me every day you're like oh, fuck Sevco Sevco I got a couple of Sevco fans in work oh, I know a couple oh. of Sevco heats aye Sevco heats dear dear yeah. Mm. Um, aye so aye. Uh, you're going to the game uh, the Dundee game on, on Saturday yeah what, what are your thoughts with that in, in regards to the games that are coming up we we need. I, I would even be tempted. Obviously, potentially, Edwards out injured. I'd be tempted to keep the team as change it as little as possible. Yeah. From the game on Wednesday night, you need to allow these guys to play, and uh, and just let players like Lustig and Tierney and Edward wrap them in cotton wool. Same with Big Tom Rogic. 
leave him out of the game at the weekend. Obviously, at this point, we're being told that Celtic are in negotiations. Yes, with, with Australia. Yeah, yeah, to to try and make sh- to try and swing something that will mean that we've still got Tam for Petardi and Ibrox. I think you trust that team from Wednesday. You build them up. You say you done well. You know, we had a good performance. More of the same. We, I would expect Dundee to set up very similarly to Motherwell. Yes. But yeah. if they come out, and I think that will be what Rogers hammers home, if they come out and try and press you high, this is our pitch. This is a big pitch. It's a great surface. We are comfortable with a team coming on to us. If a team come on to us, they'll leave space. Oh, and we can work the ball, them. Yeah. And we can work the ball around them. Let these guys play. Let them take the game forward in the next one. And then after that, We've got a couple of days off for Christmas. Obviously, the players don't have days off. <coughs> They'll be in at Lennox Town for a couple of sessions. But let this team complete this phase that started that game on Wednesday, won that game. Let them take it forward on Saturday. And then by the time Aberdeen rolls around, hopefully we've got the likes of Ryan Christie and Tom Rogic and Kieran Tierney and odds on Edward back in contention Boyata as well Boyata and Lustig as yeah. well what, what, what's your thoughts do you agree with John is there I, no 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 100% I think I think I was going to say no disrespect to Dundee but, but probably is disrespectful Aye. fuck him um, so yeah you know I, I think as you say I think I think the team that, that, that not not so the team that started the second half on Wednesday night should be capable of beating Dundee at home mm-hmm. um, and and then you know, the focus isn't getting everybody back for that double header, and even if people people are going in carrying niggles, you've got a month off after that. Um, yeah. Would you? So, because uh, this is what I was going to the kind of points I was going to raise. Would you be looking to start Mikey Johnson, and would you be looking to play Lewis Morgan, and would you be looking to play Ralston? Uh, Ralston, I can understand. Ralston, yeah, <clears throat> definitely. Would you play? I said to my dad yesterday that I would have taken. Uh, Forest off before Sinclair. Just, I was surprised at that. Yeah, just because I think that you know you Forrest know, has played a lot he's of played football. Played a lot of football, but he doesn't actually look tired. He doesn't look jaded. He, 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 he looks focused, and he, he looks like he, he, you know, he's the last couple. He's kind of cooled off the last couple of games, but he's still playing some tremendous football. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, wingers, hamstrings, running. You know, yeah. I like Lewis Morgan. Um, I would start him. I would start him on one wing and uh, Johnson on the other. Yeah, I mean, um, do you know that's why that's why Morgan wasn't sent out on loan again. You know, when these guys when, when injuries happen, that you know you want to see these guys be able to step up and, and do that. So yeah, I'd be, I would be perfectly happy with Morgan starting. You know, I heard a few people mention the fact that if uh, Edward isn't fit and isn't isn't available. And Ryan Christie is. You could play Ryan Christie up front. Yeah. I don't think that would be a good use of his talents. Mm. I'm just not sure. I, did, I had somebody actually texted in Super Scoreboard on the way over, and I, I'm just not actually sure that Christie will be ready for. I don't think he'll be ready for Saturday. I think maybe even pushing it for Aberdeen. I don't think he'll rush Christie back. I think that'd be really short sighted. But the reason I don't think he'll rotate the wingers for Saturday. He doesn't want to start the young boys for it not to go to plan and then have ah, to throw have to throw Forrest on and have to throw someone on and then we're scrabbling and they've got 10 players behind the ball yeah. and it becomes that game. I think you need to start your strongest players and just get it done. 
get, and, get then, your and then bring them on. Yeah, and then bring them on, and don't give Morgan half an hour. Give him longer than that. Give him an hour. Yeah. yeah, give him an hour to play. Do you know what I mean? Or obviously, it's maybe difficult to give him an hour, but like half at least would be great to see. But honestly, I think he, he's just he, he doesn't didn't take Forrest off because I think he prefers Morgan for the left. I think he wants to develop him for that left wing position. Yeah. Obviously, he's played left wing with St Mirren, but he's playing with better players and against better players yeah. every week now. And uh, from what I've seen of him, from the little opportunities he's had, he looks bright. He doesn't look uncomfortable and he doesn't look phased by it. Yeah, and I thought against Hibs when he came on that he, I mean he should have scored that chance. That, that aye, yeah. aye. Um, and if he had scored, you know, maybe he would have been starting against Motherwell. But the fact is, um, I like him. I like him a lot. I think his ball into the, his uh, delivery into the box is quite good. He kind of mixes it up a little bit. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm hopeful of that. We mentioned Mikey Johnson at the start of the show, and he's still a wee boy. He's yeah, got, he's got all the technique in the world. He's got all the skill, but he really, really needs to bulk up. So, I just look at that striking position, and I think to yourself, um, when was the last time Celtic developed a homegrown striker? Would it have been Maloney? Uh, what? Well, we bought Tony Watt from Elgin. Oh God, ah, that's right. Yes, uh. Simon Donnelly, Jerry Craney. Mark, Mark, Mark Burchill. Mark, Burchill was where I was thinking. Mark Burchill scored the fastest ever hat trick in European history, and against Junisesh Esh. Oh yeah, and uh, I was there. So there you go. There you go. Uh, Fit that in a t-shirt, eh? That whole thing you just said. <laughs> that whole thing. Uh, so yeah. So mm. the Aberdeen game. How are you feeling about the Aberdeen game? You know, are you confident? Are you? Do you know it's? I think you've got just that that weird feeling that Aberdeen will never beat us. Yeah. Which is, do you know? And I, I and I don't. I feel like it's, this is the worst. That's it, it's that's it completely gone now. But do you know what I mean? Can like I every time, can I wait till I'm shouting at my telly? I go fuck you, prick. No, like and I. I that's the feeling I'm I mean, they beat to... us on the last game of the season. Ah, oh, <laughs> oh, God, I forgot about that. But yeah. that doesn't count. Yeah, that so, wasn't really a competitive game. So, Greatest yeah. moment now, that, I, now that I've remembered yeah. that, um, it's going to be a very tough game, <laughs> and I'm, I'm really nervous. I'm ner- Do you know what I mean? They're, mm. they're playing well. going to say this as a cliche, but I think it really it sums up what playing at Patoji against Aberdeen is like into them. Well, it's, it's not it's that kind of it's, game. It's, it's nowhere near as bad for us as it is for Rangers. Yeah, going up. Mm. I mean, it's a different proposition because they're just as good as Rangers, pretty much. <laughs> like they're not like Rangers have some better individuals, but Aberdeen when they do their McInnes thing, you know, their flat lines and uh, choking the game and man marking in the middle, they can really punish a team like Rangers. Like yeah. Celtic have a much less static midfield, so Aberdeen over the course of ninety minutes that's difficult to cope with. Yeah. yeah. I mean essentially when you're playing Aberdeen when you're a Celtic player, you only have to beat your man. Yeah. Whereas because Rangers don't come out and because Rangers are very much a uh, what an actual uh, counter attacking football team, uh, they just soak up the pressure. That's why a lot of these Rangers Aberdeen games, very little football is actually played. It's uh, just two teams kind of beating up the park. That's what that semi final was. Oh, that was tortured there. Also, I, should... I was hammered watching that semi final. Um, he did dive though, didn't he? Oh, sure. Anyway, um, so the thing is with Patoji. I, I I think Ibrox takes care of itself. Would you take 
if you if they were offered tea, you know, a man walks in that door and he says, Christopher, I have a I have a proposition for you. So you can have two points from those two away games. Would you take it? That is that would be a draw in each game, Christopher. Just in case you need to <laughs> unpack that a little bit further for you. I thought it would be a draw in one game and then like a wee bonus because a wee bonus point. A wee no, it would bonus, be it would be two draws f- for uh, the for the avoidance of a UEFA fair play <laughs> bonus. No bookings. That is a tough one. There's not any. I'm not going to take anything. I'm giving you the two points. I guess um, what you lose is the opportunity to perhaps get six points. No. I don't, I, I don't think I take that now. Okay. I don't think I take that. Um, I mean, the biggest issue, genuinely, the biggest issue is Edward. So if Edward's, you know, let's say Edward trained, like, if it's his obstructor cable. Abductor. Abductor, <laughs> HDMI, I don't know, whatever. Um, if Edward is available for <clears throat> Pitaudry, um I think we'll be fine. If he's not, I think we're going to have to kind of think about who to play in that role. Yeah. Do, you, do you play Sinclair? As a striker or Forrest, I know we said Forrest there, but I, you know, the more I think about it, you, pr- you probably are better with Sinclair because essentially give him less to do will make him give him a little bit more freedom. Um, anyway, th- that's the only issue I have. I if, guess it's what you, it feels like you lose more with taking Forrest. That's, what, that's a, no, that's exactly what I mean. I, I feel mm. like if you take, and, and John's point, I think Forrest is probably a more. More natural than Sinclair. I know Sinclair started this thingy, yeah. but Forrest think scored more goals as a striker for us, um, and important goals he scored in, in, against Rosenberg last season and stuff. Um, I, I think you lose more with Forrest moving in than you do with Sinclair because Sinclair does fucking yeah. nothing anyway. Um, that's not true, but you know what I mean. So the only issue I have with that scenario, uh, the scenario of getting six points, I think we'll beat Rangers. I, I, I just do. I really don't think they're very good. I think the the huff and the puff. Um, Morales will probably get sent off, um, and yeah. I think it'll, it'll, the game will play tight. I think we'll probably end up winning three 0 um, I just, as I say, I think I think the one thing that will keep the score down is McGregor. But then, if yeah. McGregor gets correctly sent off, as he should have been correctly there's, sent off, I'll, I'll tell, tell you, you there's, there's absolutely no chance unless McGregor like physically like muddles someone and sacrifices <laughs> there is he, there's no chance he even gets a booking in that game aye. there's absolutely none because yeah. if it's not Madden it'll be bright it'll be Dallas aye. that gets it he is and the a, worst I know he's awful M- maybe even uh, it won't be Colin because of the recent uh, oh, to I do see. there but I think the thing is if they play the way they did at Celtic Park obviously the, the, the they sat in and uh, we were really unlucky not to score four or five goals in that game. Yeah. And um, the patter was, or the, the spin was, or we just came back from Russia, everyone was tired. And then two games later, it was like, we're amazing at home, we'll pump you when we get you to Ibrox. And I've heard that from five or six different Rangers fans with unabashed uh, confidence yeah. and complete sincerity. But they cannot get... It was the same as the 3-2 game last year. Where they they could not get away, they cannot get away with sitting in. Their fans will not accept nah, it. Yeah, they they cannot. Problems. They cannot get away with sitting in. They will be expected to come out and do that thing that all the Rangers teams used to do, where they'd start out flying. Like you know, they come out the traps absolutely flying, irrespective of what anything about anything that paper indicates about the game. 
they'll come out flying. I don't. I just. I, I, there's not no one in that team that scares me. Like I don't look. You know the, the Rangers team. When, you know when we played them in the nineties. Um, you know when they were so much better than us just because they were cheating. Um, we still beat them now and then. Yeah. And that's the thing. We 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 beat them now and then. The fact is, you looked at that team and you're like, they had Gascoigne, they had Loudrop, they had, uh, you know, earlier they had Hately and stuff, and you were like, Christ, I mean, that's, you know, we've got Willie Faulkner. Do you know what I mean? And and so, the, 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 the fact is, I look at that team and I'm like, I'm more scared, not scared, but I'm more fearful of what Aberdeen are going to do. Not to say I think Aberdeen will beat us, because I think Aberdeen are bottle merchants anyway. Yeah. Especially when it comes to us. So, I... I no, I don't. I think it will be six points. I, I think we will win. I think we'll have more the than offer enough. is now withdrawn. So the, t- the man is left. The two points is are gone. Is he abroad? Where's he from? It's just he only appears every so often. Tom Arnock. Kelly, I just didn't know. The sixty-one boss. Uh, so I mean, the Aberdeen game. Give me a prediction for the Aberdeen game, Ian. I won it two 0 Score us. Whoever plays up front. <laughs> uh, Actually, go go with Dundee game first. I I think we could do another three 0 in that three 0 um, yeah. Okay, I won't ask for scores, but three 0 Aber- uh, Dundee against Dundee and three 0 against uh, Aberdeen at Patojo. Two 0 two 0 Aberdeen. Two 0 Aberdeen. So that's good. Join yourself. Predictions for those two games. I fancy probably five 0 on Saturday. Nice. To be honest, um, just based on having watched Dundee and the way we beat them at their own patch as well, I really don't see them being up to it. And right before Christmas. I really think if we can score early, they will not fancy it. No. And no, no matter what their manager does in the touchline, nothing will get them back up for it if they concede early. I could see a 5-0 on Saturday. At Pitorji, I think it's going to be a really tight game. And uh, I think a big factor in the scores if Boyata plays. I think if Boyata doesn't play, yeah. 2-1. I think if Boyata does play, 2-0. Yeah, great, great points. Yeah. I think Boyata's back... Training now, isn't he? Yes. yes. So he, I think you would think it's almost the natural game for him to buy the mic anyway, but Sorry. I, I think I think you're I think you can just pull in a bit. I, I think you're right about Boyata. I think you I think he'll play against Aberdeen, so two 0 Um I would go with the same. I think it'll be three or four 0 against Dundee. Um and just because of what you said there about them not fancying it and it just being like, Oh, let's just get this let's get the fuck out of here. Um Jim McIntyre might all also see it as a bit of a free hit and attackers and if he does well, yeah, that, as I say, that was kind Delicious. of the... He's apparently a Celtic man as well, oh, Jim. Oh, so you meant well. attack in the sense of, uh, as an attacking football, as opposed to actually physically attacking us. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I misunderstood, I misconstrued what you were saying there. Well, Kenny Miller's definitely going to start, isn't he? So yeah. he'll, be in, he'll be in full-on Kenny Miller mode. I just, not kicking people. I call, him, uh, I call them, you like this, I call them Kenny Missile. <laughs> he... Right, um, we're rounding, we're, we're we're winding down. We've got fifteen minutes left. I want to talk about uh, Europe because the draw for the Europa League has been made. But I want to quickly talk about um, Celtic versus Salzburg. Uh, you were both there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll get your thoughts in a second, Ian. John, what was your thoughts on the game? Um, I thought Celtic came up against a team that. Were very very comfortable and confident that they would score eventually, no matter what happened. So they were quite happy to let Celtic have the ball in the areas where they did have it. I thought their understanding of the way we want to play in the spaces we want to get into uh, was so good that it broke our shape. 
Yeah. And it, it caused us to be playing these massively disjointed passes into areas of the park where they could either press us to give them the ball away or areas where players were passing the ball expecting to find a man in a position and he wasn't there. They played at their own pace, but the way they broke our shape apart and the way they broke our pattern apart was expertly done. Yeah. And um, around me at the game was uh, the usual pandemonium whenever the Celtic goalkeeper plays the ball out from the back. <clears throat> but I was saying to a guy next to me, what do you want him to do? Do you want him just to lump it up the park and then they get the ball back instantly? Because that's what happened. He can either play it out from the back and they can we can try and keep the ball for a minute or two minutes. We won't work anything with it, but we'll at least take a bit of pressure off ourselves. Or we can have Gordon try to lump it up and find Edward, which he can't he doesn't seem to be able to do. And Edward uh, doesn't really seem comfortable in that role when it's Gordon kicking the ball out. Um did we just get beat by a better team? We did. Uh, we got beat by a, a team that had gears to go through and had other levels to find. Yeah. And uh, I think they, they were... Uh, just the way that they broke that shape and the way they broke our pattern, they knew how to push and pull players out of position to the point where McGregor wasn't looking over his shoulder expecting to find someone and passing the ball to nobody and giving it away. Yeah. Their goal felt like an inevitability. Obviously, uh, KT and Cham both get sucked towards the ball and the guy cuts it back. And uh, the ball in the box, was it Jozo or Benkovic missed the header? Uh, yeah. One of the two. Uh, Let's say Jozo, just on, on the basis of balance of probability. Yes, exactly. That's the phrase I was looking for there. Uh, could have maybe got something on it. That one's in. And uh, then Gordon, he'd already made a world-class save in the first half. He made, two or, yeah. he made two or three unbelievable saves. And then he made that... Obviously, was unfortunate. He tried to roll the ball out, and the guy caught it and got got uh, the second goal. And uh, at that point, um, it was just it was a horrible atmosphere in the crowd. Probably the same for you, Ian. But yeah. we were outmatched and outgunned by a, a much better team that could have done much worse to us if they'd wanted to. I think personally, superbly summed up. Ian, yeah, your yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, it just kind of feels like. It, you know, it's one thing coming up against like Paris Saint Germain and getting your arse handed to you, but it just it felt like every aspect of what Salzburg was doing was like th- things that we have pretensions <clears throat> to be. Oh, you know, we want to be a selling club. We want to have a scouting network, and it's like, well, here's the here's the prototype. Here's the example because they're doing. They've done it all, but they they're not even spending that much. They're money. not. No, that's what I'm saying. They're 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 they're, they're, they're I think the most they spent the players five million pounds. They're turn, They've put, got guys there that. Are, and that, it's it's the Austrian league. It's not the Bundesliga. It's not the German Bundesliga. No. It's, it's the Austrian Bundesliga. It's not like Spain. It's not Italy. It's a league that people. You know, let's be honest. So people think Scotland's a backwater. I would say Austria, the Austrian league and the Scot- Scottish league, probably not that much of a difference it's in un- terms unfashionable. of unfashionable. Yeah, yeah, unfashionable is an excellent way of putting yeah. it. So you look at that and you're like, how are they that good? Um, I think I think it's the, do you know, the coach if somebody's going to come in and put that type of money in a football club, like that sort of, you know, real sort of next level money. You don't go and take that money and buy four players with it. You go and buy the best infrastructure that you can. And and I would... I, I don't know if somebody can tell me this. It feels like Salzburg probably have, and I don't know if this is to do with Red Bull, but essentially 
access to the best scouting network in the world. I think you know they've got everything at their fingertips, and that then becomes virtuous. And you know you're bringing players, and it's probably self-sustaining. It's probably at the point where actually, if Red Bull did go away, and you know it was a really good display from the Green Brigade and things like that. Probably wouldn't matter yeah. because they've, they've, it's already set up. It's already done. Um, just kind of final kind of touches on the Salzburg game. I was speaking to Christian Wolf. Uh, he gave me some stats regarding Tam Rogic. Oh God! <clears throat> oh, this was this was interesting. But this is a uh, Tam Rogic's pat. So this is Tam Rogic's stats um, for Leipzig and Salzburg at home. So it's the combined stats for both of them. Seventy-two passes, missed twenty-seven. So he had a 63% accuracy. Um, 19 forward passes. He His miss, his conversion rate was 11%. He had 11% accuracy on his forward passes. Um, six dribbles attempted. Zero successful. Ball loses direct to opposition. 13.6 um, times per every 90 minutes played in those games. Sounds about it, right. It doesn't sound like a, a pretty picture. No. Compare this to um, the games against Rosenberg in Athens. 85% accuracy in all passing. 67% in all forward passes. 19 dribbles, 12 success. It's ju- it just shows, in all domestic games, he's about 70% accuracy in all forward passes. So, and, and t- actually he breaks it down just on Salzburg. 30 passes, missed 11. Uh, it's 63%. So... What it says to me is that Tam struggles at that level. He doesn't like it up him. Do you know? <laughs> it's he doesn't like the press. No. They pressed him so hard um, that like there was two or three times where as soon as he got the ball, ta- see the whole half turn Tam and the half turn. It's great, but see when you do it once and get away with it, and then the midfielders are so intelligent that they know exactly what yeah. when, when and how you're going to do it again, and they press you on it and you turn into them. Um, but again, this is not to say that Tam Rogic is a bad player. This isn't to say that Tam Rogic can't improve at that level and can't become a better player. Ryan Christie, would you have said that Ryan Christie would have put in the perform- been able to put in the performance he did against Leipzig? Absolutely not. No. But he's proved all of his doubters, including us, wrong. So that's great. Tam Rogic's only 26. Tam Rogic will improve, but that will only happen if he gets his fitness up, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's still hitting this. In fact... <laughs> Still hitting the 60-minute wall. Unfortunately, he had to pay, play the full 96 or whatever it was it turned out to be. Was he not allegedly playing with injections as well? I've not heard this. We'll talk no. through it. This could be factually incorrect. So uh, in the interest of fairness, double-check this. I thought someone said he took an injection in his knee or something like that. Oh, to play? I've not yeah. heard that. Yeah. I, thought, but, I thought you meant heroin. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I thought you were he saying smack it. It was like... Get introduced to Johnny Thunders and all of a sudden he's a junkie. Christie and McGregor are effective at that level because they... Work they really seem, hard. They, not just the work rate, yeah. though. They, they seem to be able to... They know how to protect the ball and they know how to use their body to protect the ball. And... In the league, Tam's really good at keeping the ball in tight to his feet, but in Europe, I don't know if it's the extra exertion of how much more he needs to move about and how much harder he's pressed. It seems to show the opposition so much of the ball. That's it, yeah. yeah. He, he almost opens up into the opposition. Um, big Tam Commons, though, he will do... Do not like that? I do like it. Yeah, Somani. That was a Somani uh, yeah. special. Um, Tam Commons has got the ability to improve, I think. Yeah, but I wonder if he's. You just wonder well if well scouted. 
I think he's probably a player like and Crystal as, Palace. Just in general, right? So, so when players, when teams play play against Celtic, they've probably got a file in Rogic, and they probably know exactly what they're doing. I think, that, like, when he came through. I think he came through in Central Coast Mariners. Central Coast Mariners, you know. It was a Nike Academy Nike thing, Nike Academy the type thing. Like, I think he's a player that will be probably potentially better known across Europe than other Celtic players. And I think, you know. Played at the World Cup. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that. Um, so, you know, just finishing up now. Um, Valencia. We're just going to go out, aren't we? <laughs> That's what's going to happen, mm. but it'll be nice. Um, 14th, so Valentine's Day for the home tie, and then we're away uh, a week or two later. Headlines write themselves, really, don't they? they do. uh, Valentine's Day massacre, as yeah. Valencia get gunned down 85 0. Yeah. 85 0. Remember who's Phil Harren missed two penalties in a penalty shoot? I mean, people have been talking about you know their kind of memories of that. We did a, a Timeline Celtic podcast where we talked, talked about it in detail. We should look go back and listen to it. It's really interesting. Um, that's one of the best atmospheres uh, I've ever had at Celtic Park. Uh, um, I just so when they, I just it was the first. I don't know whether it was the first penalty shoot I'd maybe seen live, but it was just from having such a brilliant atmosphere to utter silence. Yeah, as <laughs> Celtic took a penalty. Yeah, it was like nobody, but you know, sixty thousand people and nobody took. But a that's breath. that's a champ. That's a team that got to the two Champions. Champions League finals in a row and then we're playing them and, and like Celtic's fucking luck like the third round of the UEFA Cup uh, it's like oh for fuck's sake um, I, I, that game was fantastic different times different teams different everything at this point um, how do you feel about that draw? Well uh, just quickly what you were saying there about different times exactly uh, was there not the chat that when when you had that team they were one of the top 10 wage bills like in the UK that Celtic team at the time Maybe I don't yeah. know. I could have sworn someone said yeah, that. Yeah, no. Recently. I mean, I think I think probably, right? the the Premiership in terms of the foot, the sport, the uh, TV revenue was, hadn't the, hadn't escalated at that point. There was the main men, and then there was the kind of cannon yeah. fodder yeah. clubs. But I mean, Celtic um, were signing Chris Sutton for six million pounds. John Hartson from the John Hartson. Well, I mean, we signed Hartson and uh, Hartson, Lennon, and uh, Sutton all from the Premiership. Yeah, I mean, you you don't really. We don't really do that, that anymore. That doesn't no. happen. No. No, I mean, Rangers, happen. when Rangers signed Flo for £12 million, that, that wouldn't have been... I think the British transfer record would have been about 20 at that point. Would it not have been Shearer? Shearer was, yeah, 10. Or, no, sorry, Shearer was 15. 15. Was it not Veron at that point, maybe? It probably was. But anyway, yeah. you keep, anyway I've, sorry, different I times. that there. Yeah. But... Um, I don't know. Like I don't know. Anything. I'm not going to claim to know anything about Valencia. I've not watched them. I've seen that their league form isn't so great at the moment. They did take four points off Man United, though, didn't they? In yeah. the Champions League, we finished. Uh, they finished third in their group, only a point behind Man U. Uh, they actually beat Man U um, in at the Mestalla. Um I think their downfall was a draw with Young Boys because um, uh, group in their group was UV as well. UV only beat them one 0 Yeah. Um, I was speaking to Marek Robert. Uh, Marek knows his, his Spanish football, and he said that they're 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 a really good team. They've just not clicked yet, and um, that they don't lose a lot of games. They draw a lot of games, so they do, they do draw a lot of games. Um, we're going to go into more detail about that nearer the time. But just your initial thoughts, John. I think it's. Uh irrespective of form I think they'll have a lot of individual quality yeah and uh, obviously it remains to be, yeah it remains to be seen what position we're in come February 
after a transfer window, mm-hmm. after obviously this winter schedule, see, looking at what the injury situation's like, looking at what personnel have came in, what personnel have went out, looking at where we are in the league at that point, are we ahead? Is it still tight? Is it a bad situation? Yeah. I don't All think factors. I, I don't I think it's a I think ultimately the Europa League's a bit of a vanity project at the moment. I think uh, we need to get ourselves back on track domestically before we start thinking about it. Lovely. But at this point, I really can't see us beating them over two legs. I don't know anything about them, but just from the way Celtic have gone about their business in Europe, and uh, naturally, if what Marek says is true, and they're they're just about to click. You just know they're just going to click a bit. <laughs> I know. Probably about the probably about the twenty eighth of January or something. <laughs> like that, they'll start firing. But um, it it would be a huge ask. It always is in Europe for us. Yeah. What about yourself? Ian? thoughts? Just just, uh, thoughts? just generally speaking. So it was probably was it one of, on form was probably one of the better draws in terms of where they're sitting in the league. But I think. The overall reflection is that the last 32 of the Europa League is actually really difficult. Yeah. There's just... Genk, I think, was the was maybe one draw you were like, oh, well, oh maybe. Quite, quite fancy them, that might be all right. Um, everybody else, you're like, fuck, oh, you're joking. You know, you just... Uh, as, you, as John says, it's probably just... The last 32 is kind of our, our final go out and have a, you know, I, I think when we've got to that that level, we've had good games. The Inter Milan game at home Zenith was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Zenit was, yeah. was another good game. You know, Make give it. us that and, and then we'll... Yeah, give know. us a good... And, and that's the thing, though, with the, both those ties, um, both first game at home, second leg away, you go away, you, you, leave the, you leave the home game and you're like, oh, we've played really well. You, yeah. go, you go to the away game and we get gubbed. Yeah. I know we did get gubbed against Inter Milan, but the, the, the tepid performance against um, Zenit St. Petersburg, I imagine, we, I think we could potentially beat them at Parkhead and then get stuffed away, just because yeah. we get stuffed in Europe right. against decent teams. Yeah. Um, but that's us, that's our podcast. Um, we are the 90 Minutes Cynic podcast. Um, check out our website, 90minutescynic.com. There will be lots of really interesting features over the Christmas period. I think we've started releasing them this, this evening, um, scouting reports. Um Thanks to all the writers who have taken time to, to write for us. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, thanks to everyone for listening. Um, so check out 90minutesynic.com. Just check us out on Twitter and Facebook, at 90minutesynic on both those platforms, and on Instagram as well. Um, Ian Dugan, it's been, it's been the, the, the Lindsay Lion. Yeah. I think uh, if it wasn't, uh, it's probably a meat roar, but, but a roar nevertheless. <laughs> And and I'm two for two of being better than Christian, so we'll keep we'll keep that going. Jesus, uh, the um, Paisley Power, Power Forward, uh, John Murphy, pleasure. It's been the pleasure's been all mine, and I'd like to take this moment to categorically apologise to Darian McKinnon for uh, <laughs> saying that he looked like meatloaf. Yeah. He which would, is he'd do anything for love, but he yeah. won't do that. He won't yeah. do that. He won't, he won't leave Hamilton. <laughs> he won't leave Hamilton. But um, no, I've had a great time, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to catching up with uh, the cynical over uh, the Christmas period as Isn't well. That, isn't he it, well trained? It's, it's dropping. It's dropping. Christian's obviously been private messaging him. Um, so the cynical will be dropping, as I say. Just keep look out for it on Twitter. Um, hopefully, we'll be back uh, the middle of next week for a preview look at the Rangers game. I can't guarantee it, so this could be the last time we see you before. Before, uh, before the new year um, John Murphy pleasure as always it's been fantastic thanks Ian Duggan thank you for having me 
Ian Dugan, John Murphy, I'm Chris Gallagher. We're the 90 Minute Cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road. Mm-hmm.